That was a nice wind, thank you. Revenge. <laughs> oh, it's just that kind of night. Hello, and welcome to episode 95 of Rhythm Encounter, the RPG fan music podcast. I'm your host, Mike Salvato, and today, in honor of Halloween, which just so happens to be the day you're probably listening to this, we're going to be listening to some Castlevania music. So I am excited about this topic. Um, And I think I'm not the only one. Uh, Although if I am, that's going to be really embarrassing when I introduce uh, Mike Salosi. Hey, that's me. (laughs) And Wes Iliff. Hello there. How are you both doing? Great. Dandy. Uh, I, I love October. I love the weather. I love the, the Halloween season, which begins around, say, September 3rd. And <laughs> uh, and I, there's no better way to celebrate the vet center of the Venn diagram of Halloween vibes and RPG music that is Castlevania. I've been gorging on a nonstop feed of... Spooky stories, spooky games, spooky movies. And I'm, I'm ready to bring that all together here. I'm so glad you said that. I was There was a part of me was definitely worried you were going to say candy corn. Uh, it was a possibility. We don't need to talk about I, candy I don't, corn. I don't, I don't have anything kind to say about candy corn. I'm sorry. Yeah, my family loves me enough to not let me have it in the house. I'm sure we've talked about it in Slack. I am... I'm somewhere in the middle where I'm like, oh, I hate it. But then if it's there, I'm like, well, I'm going to have it a little bit. And then I'm tired of it. Now, on Halloween, my house gives out Reese's Cups, Snickers bars, and Kasugai gummies, and that's it. Oh, you must be popular. I do just fine. <laughs> I mean, if if I was trick-or-treating in your neighborhood, uh, that would definitely be, you would definitely be the Reese's house. I'd be like, make sure you always go there. It's like the gold mine of the uh-huh. trick-or-treating when I was uh, growing up, uh-huh. there was a house that was about half a block from mine. I, I lived in a, I, in a dense suburb in Virginia. And one very nice elderly lady every year made hot sugar donuts. Oh, and, gosh. Uh, and she was the most popular woman in the neighborhood. I, I don't think any Holly, uh, any Halloween prankster would, would dare TP her house because the donut lady was well known in the neighborhood. Oh, that's fantastic. I love that. I, I, I loved that, too, and then, until I stopped trick-or-treating around age. Oh, I don't know. When did I stop? 34. <laughs> I wish. Uh, I, I, moved out of, I moved out of my parents' house when I was 23, so no. But uh, <laughs> I was 22. <laughs> yeah, I would have stopped trick-or-treating once I could stop getting those donuts. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, that's you can't top that. Like, I'm going to go out on top. And they were, they were homemade, handmade cinnamon sugar donuts, and they were wonderful. But uh, amazing. Uh, I, I I don't remember if there if you can pick up a don't if you can pick up donuts in any of the uh, Castlevania games. You can definitely get whole chickens, but I'm not. I don't remember donuts. There's so Popular many food feast. options. Yeah, there's so many food options. I'd have to imagine there might be a donut or at least an eclair or something. In Bloodstained, which is Castlevania in all but name, there's a whole cooking system. So I think there's a whole range of pastries there. But let's see. Donuts. I'd eat an eclair I found in a wall. Castlevania. I'm not proud. (laughs) Ha, donuts are common desserts in Castlevania Harmony of Despair. Oh, 
And what a coincidence <laughs> that that game might come up later. Specifically that <laughs> one, huh? Interesting. Of all the ones in the series. Yep, that, that, that's yeah, chocolate, strawberry, and plain donuts. Only in that Castlevania game. I uh, I did want to ask a little bit, like before we fully get into the music. Like I figured, since we're here talking about Castlevania, uh, what? Let's start with Solosi. Like, do you have a favorite Castlevania? Um, yes, I have. I have two favorites. I, I think the uh, traditional and nostalgic favorite for me is Symphony of the Night for the PlayStation. Uh, it, it's extremely important to what Castlevania is. And that game is sort of weird and beautiful and cool. Even many years later, I, I don't play it like every year, but I, I replay that game every two or three years, usually around Halloween. Um, but I think that as that formula, like they experimented with it and changed it in the following 15 years or so. I think that my other favorite is order of Ecclesia for the DS. Those, so those are the two symphony of the night and order of Ecclesia. Okay. How about you, Wes? I've got a lot of love for for Symphony of the Night. Like you said, the nostalgia pick. But um, for me, Aria of Sorrow took like everything that Symphony of the Night did that I loved and cranked it up. Um, I, I can't resist that game. I can't resist the the really unique weapons that that you can play with in there, and the story kind of coming forward a little bit more from time to time. And I, I adore that game. I, I replayed Aria of Sorrow earlier this year on the Advanced Collection, and it absolutely held up. That game's amazing. <laughs> I've got a playthrough uh, going right now because, yeah, I wasn't going to pass up an opportunity. <laughs> Tis the season. Exactly. That's true. Well, mine is definitely Lament of Innocence. No, Ooh. I'm just kidding. Um, okay, I was gonna I was gonna treat that answer seriously, but I really didn't <laughs> want to offend you. No, no, no. Nice. Don't worry. I mean, I own it because I was. I was excited at the idea when it came out, and I'm like, oh, this isn't, uh, it's not Castlevania 64, but <laughs> it's also not Symphony of the Night. So, so yes, I mean, Symphony of the Night is also my favorite, but uh, I, I definitely have good memories of Aria of Sorrow for the same reason. I like the variety of weapons in that, and I think some of the other GBA games also got kind of weird with, with the weapons, and that was fun. Just some of the different systems they came with came out with on the GBA games were very enjoyable. Um I think I've, I fell off somewhere in the DS era because I, I yeah. don't think I have Order of Ecclesia, but the way you guys are talking about it, like I, uh, I guess I should get on that. Yeah, the, the three GBA games and three DS games were sort of my, the peak of my Castlevania fandom because there was a new one coming out every one or two years, and it was exciting and awesome every time. And they basically reinvent a system or something about Castlevania in each of those games. Like no two of them are really the same in how they... Uh, and how they handle things, including Dawn of Sorrow, which is a direct sequel to Aria of Sorrow, but brings back the uh, the the soul system, but adds a weird, a crazy like glyph drawing system on the DS uh, lower screen. But so like 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 if you just play the seven Metroidvania style Castlevania games that RPG fan covers, which is Symphony of the Night through Order of Ecclesia, and maybe throw in a, a Harmony of Despair as an addendum there, like that is. That that is an experience. That whole oeuvre is seven or more excellent games that have different strengths and weaknesses that are just among the best sort of games of their kind of that time. And uh, and that's why I love Castlevania is is uh is the union of the like like the spookiness and the weirdness and the music, but also just being like my favorite new thing every couple of years on my, on my Nintendo handheld of the moment. Yeah, I I think it was really. I think it was the release schedule that really got to me. Like I, I enjoyed it and it, like I couldn't 
finish them fast enough before I got the next one. Um, but I do appreciate what you said. I appreciate that it wasn't just like they were, weren't churning them out and it was just, wasn't the same game every couple of years. Like they did do something different with each one, which is cool. I can lend you any of those DS games if you haven't played them. I mean, you've talked to me enough that you, you're not going to be shocked in any way when I say this, but I'm pretty sure I own them all. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe. I don't know about Ecclesia, but I at least have one or two of the DS ones. So I appreciate it, but I'll, I'll see. Um, yeah. I remember when Ari of Sorrow was announced, I think one of the first things people kept talking about was like, hold on, hold on, hold on. We have a Castlevania protagonist wearing jeans. What's happening here? <laughs> it's it's also the most recent Castlevania by far because it's uh, it takes place in, I think, the, uh, the, the 2030s. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's the only future Castlevania. Um, Still, and huh? yeah, uh, because they they and they we know who the Belmont of nineteen ninety nine is, and then uh, and then Soma was the next protagonist after that. There hasn't been any Castlevania um, in that part of the timeline since. All right, um, I actually I had it in my notes to talk about Halloween traditions and asking you, but like we talked about candy and stuff anyway, so <laughs> we sort of covered that. But if anyone has any current Halloween traditions you want to talk about, like you know. You, do you do anything or besides watching scary movies and stuff like that? Uh, nothing that fancy for me. I usually play the soundtrack of the nightmare before Christmas. Yes. Uh, and I'll, uh, and I'll sit playing a handheld game near the TV so I can give out candy, uh, easily to the, to the children in my neighborhood. I, I live in a, uh, an area of townhouses that, that does have a significant number of kids. So, uh, I, I'm, it, 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 I don't go to a party or anything usually because I just try to be a good local citizen, but, you know, uh, video games, candy, nothing, nothing terribly fancy. Sometimes that video game is a Castlevania game. Seasonally appropriate. I've got kids, so most of my uh, uh, traditions anymore are based around them. I mean, I take them trick-or-treating, or I stay home and hand out the candy. Usually we hand off halfway through. There are so many kids in this neighborhood that we ran out last year, our first year here for Halloween. Uh, so we're stocking up big time this year. Awesome. Um, I don't, I don't really have one at the moment, you know, for, for a long time, it was, it was handing out candy and stuff like that. And then I moved, then I moved across the country and obviously the last like three Halloweens have all been very different from each other. So, uh, all, all we'll share is my favorite Halloween short Halloween story from the last few years. Um, because I don't think we're going back to this, uh, friend of a friend's Halloween party. But one of my favorite things that's happened in Halloween is, and some of my close friends know this story, but most people listening to this have never heard it. But there was, a, there was again, friend of friend, and their friends were all there, and a bunch of people had kids that were there, and it was really cute. Everyone was in costume. And my favorite thing that has stuck with me for like at least three years now from this party was someone's little daughter. I'm not sure how old she was four or five, she was dressed as Peppa, Peppa Pig and it was adorable. And all we could do was talk about how adorable her little costume was. And then at some point we looked over and the only snack that this little girl was pulling off of the snack tray was the salami. <laughs> and it was, it, I didn't even have words for it. And just like, I would just look over at Hillary. I'm like, Peppa Pig's eating the salami again. Should we tell her? <laughs> 
<laughs> I like to think that she knew and that child yes. had a really strong grasp. I, I think she probably did. See, like that that was the horror element that the the little girl like was was like subversively put into her character. It's like, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna be Peppa Pig, but this is Peppa Pig eating her parents. Oh my god. That's a that's a dark angle I never considered, but now I will never forget. You're welcome. Thank you. Well now we're now we're back into like, you know, the the dark gothic mood so we can talk about Castlevania. Dovetails nicely. It does. It does. Um, all right, so since there's three of us, we have six tracks today. Uh, we cover a pretty broad range of titles. Only one Symphony of the Night song, despite it being uh, all of our favorites, but that's also because it's the one game in the series that has appeared on the show five or six times in the past. So that's fair. I I, I went and looked at it. Uh, there's been seven Castlevania tracks in the show in the past, and six of them are from Symphony of the Night. <laughs> Felt like it might be too obvious. It. It's one of those things, like, I talk about this, um, you know, sometimes Zach, Zach especially, like, Zach will come on the show sometimes and be like, I know this is an obvious choice, and it's like, well, yes, but if it's never been on the show, then it's obviously not obvious enough. Um, and also, like, we couldn't do this episode and not have at least one from Symphony. Like, it just wouldn't make any sense, you know? Oh, oh yeah. totally understand. Yeah. Not to give away our first track, but hey, Wes, what is our first track? <laughs> well, I was not afraid of the obvious this time around. Uh, and the first track that I chose was uh, Dracula's Castle from, funny enough, Castlevania Symphony of the Night. And then, Celosi, uh, you have the song after that. That's right. Uh, my first pick for this episode is Invitation of a Crazed Moon from Castlevania Portrait of Ruin for the DS. Awesome. All right. Let's go listen to Dracula's Castle and Invitation of a Crazed Moon.
So I think that Castlevania as a series, maybe more than any other series that I can think of, uh, focuses on the strength of an opening sound soundtrack, an opening song. Um, it really sets the mood for the game, the song that plays when you you know first enter the castle um, or, or first you know explore the outskirts. Um, and Dracula's Castle might be the most iconic. Uh, it's this interesting combination of the tragic feel, the, the tragic gothic feel that perfectly encapsulates Alucard having to go slay his own father, which is, you know, kind of an undercurrent of the entire game. Um, <laughs> but also it hits those rock beats that Castlevania loves so well, so that when you come in, you instantly feel like, okay, this is an action game. Things are moving quicker uh, because the the soundtrack is so driving, even though the combat and action aren't necessarily that fast paced in Symphony of the Night, at least not at first. But you feel like it just because of that soundtrack hitting so hard. Uh, it might be one of the best mood setters uh, in the entire series for for my money. Um, up there with with you know Vampire Killer, Bloody Tears. Uh, so yeah, I mean I agree. I think iconic is the best way to describe that song. Um, it's it's such a strong introduction. I mean, it's this game's second introduction, but you know, whatever. Um, it, but like the moment that song starts, like every time I hear it now, because I've played the game and I I know that intro in that game so much, like I'm I'm back in that like hallway, that dark hallway when Alucard's like jumping over the drawbridge as it closes, and um, just that the visuals like, go along with the music so well. You know, when you go in, everything's dark, and you have just the light from the windows up behind you. And then, like as the lights come up, the song swells. I mean, it's it's so good. It, it all works so well together. You know, and then the, the energy of the song too is so perfect because at the very beginning, uh, for a sadly brief period, you're very overpowered. Um, you're way stronger than you're supposed to be at the beginning of a game, um, but it, it works well with the energy of the song. Um, Part of me wishes the song was longer, I, outside of it looping in the game or whatever, but I think maybe the fact that it is kind of a fleeting thing makes it better for what it's trying to accomplish. Yeah, uh, to me, Dracula's Castle is a classic, uh, like, first or second level of a Castlevania game where they, where it's, you know, it's, it's just storming the castle. Like, you have a Belmont or Alucard, as it were, doing the Belmont strut uh, because you, you you rarely can dash early on in the Castlevania game, just strutting through the castle hall, whipping skeletons and bats. Um, and Castlevania music, even back dating back to the arcade and NES days, was always like a little bit gothic and creepy, but also sort of rock influenced and having like an and having upbeat forward momentum to the songs, especially the the uh, the energetic songs like a stage one song and. Uh, uh, so there's like a, there and because Michiru Yamane loves rock drums and guitar that like there's there are there is guitar and rock drums in uh, this one. But my, my favorite part of the song is actually the the sort of ending counter melody where the violins go <laughs> like that's I just I don't that is such an infectious uh, syncopated rhythm that I never get tired of it. it it's awesome. The whole song's awesome. Yeah, so I mean, we can talk about it being an obvious choice or whatever, but at the same time, it's an important song. Would have felt bad if it wasn't on there. Exactly. It was a perfect way to start things off today. So um, I originally had a different song here, and then I noticed uh, or remembered that uh, this next song is also an intro, or at least I think it is. 
yes, Invitation of a Crazed Moon is a opening castle hallway type song uh, from Portrait of Ruin. Um, but you might notice that uh, it's not a Michiru Yamane track. Uh, Portrait of Ruin is perhaps famously the one Castlevania game that Yuzo Koshiro did several tracks for. Uh, and uh, Invitation of a Crazed Moon is a uh, really fun, energetic, uh, like, opening castle hallway track. But it has, I think, a, a rather infectious uh, uh, bass um, part to it that, uh, like, is, you know, not unlike a Yuzo Koshiro uh, bass that you would hear in a Streets of Rage or an Act Razor, and, and, and that's just undeniably funky, and uh, and uh, Koshiro is inspired by electronic music very heavily. So, uh, Invitation of a Crazed Moon still has the, like, the gothic strings and moodiness you would associate with Castlevania, but also a, a, a very funky bass that I uh, love every time. And plus, just the novelty of having uh, Yuzo Koshiro Castlevania soundtrack. I I couldn't resist putting him uh, on the on this episode somehow. Yeah, no, I'm glad you did. Um, I I forgot that he was even like, you know, contribute to one of these games. Um, and also, it's you know, it, it's a rare song today that isn't isn't composed by Yamane. It it definitely has an interesting sound that like I mean, this is only descriptive if you know both composers, but. You know, I wrote in my notes, like, it's the sound that you would expect if, from something that the two of them worked on, uh, which doesn't really describe anything about the song. And again, unless you understand what that means, but it has that, you know, gothy Castlevania sound, but also this, you know, cool, like, ad adventurous sound, whatever an adventurous sound means. But like, you know, Koshira is so good at that. And uh, I I don't know if you noticed this. I mean, you probably know it because, you know, Celosi, you just you just know things. Um, I did not know it because I was looking this up today, but um, the soundtrack to this game, and I think this and Order of Ecclesia, so I'm not sure if all the DS ones have this, but the soundtrack has two discs, and there's one disc that's the original game version, and then one is called, like, the... One's called game and one's called, like, original, but they're, you know, slightly arranged versions of the music. Yeah, it's it's not all of disc two, at least not for uh, Order of Ecclesia's case. But um, but both of them will have several second arrangements of key songs in the second disc. I think for Order of Ecclesia, the, it's it's around two discs and around fifty five tracks. But like the last ten or, or fifteen tracks are arranged versions. But uh, uh there are uh a lot of the time second arrangements of Castlevania songs on the original soundtracks. Yeah. So like this one, and I'm not sure which which is the case because I looked a little bit online, and I don't know if it was because of the way they're labeled as original. Like if the disc two is the actual song, and then the ones in the game were kind of like you know toned down or like made to work with the DS hardware. I, I read it on Portrait of Ruin that it might be the other way, where it's like it was composed for the DS first and then kind of like enhanced a little bit in this two. So I don't know. Um, I think what, the one we're playing on here is going to be the disc two version um i didn't notice a huge difference like in this particular song i think the i found what i think is the original or the game version and it's like a little more tinny i guess like what you would what you would think out of a ds or a gba um i haven't listened to every arrangement on the portrait of ruin soundtrack but i i I'm, i definitely singled out this track because uh, it was koshiro and because of that bass it was, was what drew me the strongest yeah, that, that bass gave me something that I hadn't really heard much of in Castlevania, which is like putting a little bit of funk in there. Usually <laughs> there's like almost gospel-y music mixed with, with hard rock, but man, having kind of a funky through line and almost like 
a few parts that feel like danceable, a little poppy and whatnot. Like that feels wholly unique, and it still feels like a Castlevania song. That's incredible. That is Yuzo uh, Koshiro to a T. I mean, if you listen to any of the Wangan Midnight uh, game soundtracks, it's I mean, he, which is just straight up like high-powered Eurobeat. Uh, like, like he loves club music and electronic music, that and and that bleeds into his game compositions a lot. But uh, I, I, again, I, I didn't learn that he was on Portrait of Ruin soundtrack until years after I had played the game, and so just sharing that fun discovery with everyone here was uh, was 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 a treat for me. Thank you. <laughs> no, I mean thank you. And I'm glad you did too, because just to cap off my like little trivia thing here. It, I don't know if you looked this up, but um, if you if you look up this album, because Konami does have several Castlevania soundtracks on Apple Music and Spotify, uh, for some reason, uh, they have the entire soundtrack except for Koshiro's five songs. Oh. And, and I don't know why. I mean, I assume it's a licensing thing, because isn't it always with music? But it's very strange. Because I was. It, it's one of those ones where there's... So a lot of these older games have like many different translations of titles. So I was like, oh, I wonder what they, uh, you know, what is it listed under on Apple Music? And I'm like, that's weird. This song isn't there. And then I noticed exactly five songs were missing and Koshiro did exactly five songs on this album. So very strange um, that those are removed. I couldn't find anyone talking about it, like why those ones were. I'm, I'm, I'm sure that's it. And and maybe a, a brief explainer is in order. We've mentioned Michiru Yamane multiple times on this on this podcast already. She was the signature Castlevania composer from Symphony of the Night through to when they stopped making this uh, the series in the early 2010s. Uh, she was the lead composer for Symphony of the Night and two of the GBA ones and all three of the DS ones. Uh, but I, but uh, making it sort of come full circle here, the first uh, Castlevania game she worked on was a Castlevania Bloodlines for the Sega Genesis in 1994. Was uh, So Symphony of the Night wasn't her first Castlevania soundtrack. But Portrait of Ruin, this one here, is a sequel to Bloodlines. <laughs> so she huh. used, she even brought, I don't, I don't think uh, Koshiro did that for um, in, Invitation of a Crazed Moon, but the uh, there are some Bloodlines motifs and at least one remix in Portrait of Ruin, which I, I thought was a very cool touch. That is cool. I didn't actually realize they those two are related. Uh, I believe that the main character, uh, the one of the two main characters, is a descendant of one of the main characters in Bloodlines, and one of the main characters of Bloodlines uh, uh, visits you as a ghost and is sort of your your uh, your guardian through the game. Uh, so it's it's it, it's like one generation later, but it is a, they it is a direct sequel to Bloodlines. Ah, oh, that's so cool. All right. Well, I guess you taught me with with trivia then. <laughs> Unless it's news to you that the other missing song in Digital Castlevania is uh, I Am the Wind from Symphony of the Night, which uh, is not available on Apple Music. Yeah, that's a little bit... I, I, it is still weird to me that that this dark, gothic, like, heart, <laughs> like uh, rock opera of a video game ends with like a smooth jazz song. It, yeah. It's so weird and incongruous. It's, it is. Maybe that's why. They're like, uh, this doesn't make any sense. Let's just not include it anymore. Probably they just didn't have the rights to, uh, for the singer, I guess. I, I'm but sure. I, but it, it's still weird that, that, that it exists. Yeah. I, I like it in its weird way, but it's so strange. Anyway, I think we're ready to go into block two. Um, so <laughs> I, I have not played Curse of Darkness. I'm curious uh what everyone's thoughts are going to be on curse of darkness because i understand generally the reputation it has but 
My next song is either called Cordova Town or A Town Called Cordova from Castlevania Curse of Darkness on PS2. And then Solosi, your next track is after that. That's right. Uh, my second track for the episode is Wandering the Crystal Blue from Castlevania Order of Ecclesia, which I mentioned earlier this episode is basically tied to be my favorite Castlevania game. And uh, and unlike my uh, unlike my previous one, um, this is from Michiru Yamane. Awesome. All right. Let's go listen to A Town Called Cordova and Wandering the Crystal Blue.
Okay, let's let's address this quickly first. Um, I'm sure I'm not the only one that thought this, but is there any chance that the opening and the first 40 seconds of this song are not uh, inspired by or a riff on Enter Sandman by Metallica? No, is it just me? Mm, possibly. I mean, but they're not the only song that has a, like like sort of an an open an open uh, strumming of a guitar that way. Okay. I don't know. It just, it, it has a really similar sound to me. There are some older Castlevania games that do, uh, that do have sort of a, a similar opening riff. Maybe, maybe those were inspired by Metallica and then mm. th- th- this came from there. Cause, uh, cause Curse of Darkness is the, the second PS2 game uh, for, in the Castlevania series. So it, it would have come after the GBA games. True. Maybe okay. also after Dawn of Sorrow. Yeah. Yeah. It felt to me almost like a modern Western. Oh. Okay. You know, the the march into town theme, like that that opening. Which maybe is is the idea since you are going into a town. So I don't know. Okay, well, either way, uh, I enjoy the introduction. Uh, the, the the drums and the cymbals crashing as the guitar comes in. I think it's just a great like introduction to the song. Um, and then it's you know, after that it's uh I don't want to sound like dismissive by saying it's like a classic, like Castlevania, like rock song, but you know, it is. Um, I like how the drums and some of those uh, songs and that motif, like kind of comes back in later. Um, I, as I said earlier, like I did not play Curse of Darkness because after Lament of Innocence, I'm like, eh, I'm not sure that, I'm not sure this is working right right in 3D, but uh, I very much enjoy the soundtrack. Um, this, uh, this town looks, um, well, it's very gray. Uh, it's, uh, Curse of Darkness is a better game than Lament of Innocence. For sure. But, but, but I, uh, also, but in a backwards way, I, I never, I did not get terribly far in Curse of Darkness when I, while I did finish Lament of Innocence many, many years ago. Uh, I, I think both of them are trying to, you know, get a little bit, they're, they're trying to be a PS2 action game in the vein of a Devil May Cry or God of War, but it's not really good at either of those. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Curse of Darkness has you um, cr- uh, create uh, monsters called Innocent Devils, and then there's like monster summoning and leveling up, and there's a, more, a, a couple RPG systems in there. But I think it maybe, uh, and it's a direct sequel to Castlevania III Dracula's Curse for the NES. <laughs> but I think that maybe uh, it, it's positioned in in the Castlevania canon is more for introducing Hector and Isaac in, yeah. in the, to the animated series than they are for being a good game. Cause it's, it's, it's an okay game. That's just weird. It's a significant step up from lament of innocence, but there's a lot of room to step up from lament of innocence. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. I, I did think, you know, Hector was a really cool main character. Um, gets, you know, getting fleshed out in the Castlevania animated series is like, yeah, I, I will take this game just, just for, what we got out of the the series uh, from Isaac and Hector. Well, at least we got that much out of it, right? Exactly. Did anything from Lament of Innocence make it into into the show? Oh, I don't think so. Um, uh, Lament of Innocence is a really super early Castlevania game. I think it, it's I think it's the one that takes place earliest in the timeline. Uh, yeah. and, 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 it, and it ends with an origin story for Dracula. But I don't I don't think the animated show borrowed from that. Uh, because it's about the first Belmont and the creation of Dracula, but then Lords of Shadow one and two have a different Dracula origin story. It's it's 
it's strange. Like going through the Castlevania canon is is challenging to <laughs> fit everything in without without breaking the own like the rules that they made for themselves. But uh, uh, yeah, Curse of Darkness follows Dracula's curse, and the animated show like incorporates characters from Dracula's curse and Curse of Darkness, including Trevor and Sifa and Alucard and Hector and Isaac. So it's kind of it, it, that's that part of it is consistent. But uh, Curse of Darkness itself has a, a is is a weird one because of how the action goes. There's like uh, there's not much uh, Belmonts or whipping in it, but it is a pretty. It's at least interesting. It's and better than Lament of Innocence. And this is a good song. Like I I really really like the percussion in this song. Like you you could you could dismiss it as sort of normal rock percussion, but it really freaking thumps compared to uh, like you know we're gonna listen to music from. Uh, from a lot of DS sound uh, uh, software, and none of them can really have percussion this mighty. See, now you guys have like somewhat sold me on this game, and I realize it it's going for like around or more than a hundred dollars used. So that's unfortunate. Yeah, it, it's a little uncommon, I think, but it uh, it is an interesting curiosity within the Castlevania oeuvre. Uh, I, I, although I would recommend like every GBA and DS game ahead of it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'll do those first, or I'll finish those DS ones first. And I would probably recommend, like I said, Devil May Cry three or God of War two ahead of Castlevania: <laughs> Curse of Darkness. But they, uh, but they're at le- it's at least interesting. And um, but but really, its greatest contribution to the to the lore is uh, giving us some characters to the animated series, which is excellent. Yeah. Did did, uh, did was there a delay to the animated series? Because they they mentioned that there was going to be another series, uh, another season starring Richter. Oh, I didn't but, actually know about that. I yeah, thought they I were just done. Is okay. that still happening? Because I, I know that one of the creators um, of the animated series uh, basically left the project, but I don't know where, where it is right now. Oh, that'd be cool, though. I'd have to do some extra research, but yeah, same here. But it, it looks like that if that show does continue, it's going to be about the uh, Rondo of Blood Symphony of the Night period, which is a couple hundred years after Curse of uh, Dracula's Curse, Curse of Darkness. How does Order of Ecclesia fit into that? <laughs> Order of Ecclesia <laughs> takes place after that. Uh, uh, the main character is Shanoa, who is a uh, she's a warrior for the church. Um, but they're like the NPCs in the game are some trustworthy, some not trustworthy. Avoiding spoilers here, and it's and uh, she equips weapons instead of like weapons that you equip physically. She has glyphs on her back and each arm, and by equipping different glyphs or runes to your body, it gives you gave you different powers and different weapon combinations. And uh, she's just really cool. It's a very fun interpretation of Castlevania magic. Uh, it has outdoors and non-castle settings for most of the game, but then the last half or maybe third of the game is a proper proper Castlevania castle. Um, and Wandering the Crystal Blue is what I call a Castlevania water song or cave song, uh, because uh, in, a, in a lot of Castlevania games, when you're in a cave or in an area with a lot of water, the uh, mu- music becomes much more chilled out. Um, they'll give you cascading uh, melodies like like a waterfall. Um, there, there's uh, you, you probably know the uh, um, the the, uh, the the Symphony of the Night song like that in the cave where the waterfall is. But I, I love the uh, piano counter melody in Wandering the Crystal Blue, and the uh, and and the sort of ma- main melody that is uh, by these bigger strings. It's a really really beautiful song. Uh, Mitra Yamane has performed it live a couple times. 
and it, and it's great live, but I, I really like just how clean the piano is in the original soundtrack version. It also has an arranged version on the same album, but I, I listened to both and I went with the, uh, the disc one original. It's, it's just, to me, like this is one of the best songs in Order of Ecclesia and is a absolute uh, like platonic ideal of a Castlevania water song. Platonic ideal. I like that. I'm with you. Yeah, I, I haven't played much of Order of Ecclesia, but um, man, the music from it is all so good. Uh, it seems like it's got one of the stronger soundtracks out of all of the DS games from, you know, every track that I've heard. And I'm glad that you picked this one because we don't have any other real examples of, um, you know, that, that water track, like you were saying. There are times when Castlevania can slow it down, even though we always think of it as a as a pretty fast-paced kind of a, a soundtrack. Yeah, like... um. None of us brought in tra- chapel tracks or uh, or or any like um, straight up horror tracks like mm-hmm. like like the Abyss song in in Ecclesia, but the, the, there are sort of archetypes to different Castlevania music, and um, in in that fr- the first two songs that Wes and I brought were both sort of front hall songs. The Order of, of Ecclesia song like that is called An Empty Tome, and it's awesome, and I almost brought that one today. <laughs> but yeah, like cave songs, chapel songs. Like clock forest, towers. yeah, um, uh, clock towers that are always sort of the heavy song, um, uh, like like horror songs that are usually in a deep cave or a, a secret lab or something. Like you notice patterns, which, which I guess is why, like when I was listening, I'm like, having not played this one yet, I'm like, huh, it kind of sounds like it's a, a water or a cave or a water cave or something, and that's exactly what it is. I, that is exactly what it is. But, yeah. but but if 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 you've played more than one Castlevania game, you you've probably been through a couple of water caves. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, I can't, I can't think of what the Symphony of the Night one is that you mentioned earlier, but like, yes, like that sound, like I'm, I know that sound. It's the one that goes ding, 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 ding. Yes. Ding, 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 ding. You know what I'm talking about. Oh, I, do. I, 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 I don't remember the name of the song, which is, which is shameful. But uh, yeah, yeah, like, like the, there, a lot of Castlevania games have water songs, and uh, Wandering the Crystal Blue is one of my favorites. And uh, and uh, I, I'm a little, I mean, disappointed is the wrong word. Uh, 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 Mike and Wes and listeners, uh, Castlevania Order of Ecclesia, I, I genuinely think is is best in series or close to it. So it's a, it comes highly recommended both from a soundtrack perspective and a video game perspective. Well, then yell at Konami, tell them to make a DS collection next. <laughs> yeah, please. Uh, if they do that, I will be uh, pre pre-ordering that thing the moment I physically can because <laughs> I, I, uh, I I really really treasure the advance and DS run of Castlevania games. Um, and it will not shock you that I have like all of those on my Switch. <laughs> well, okay, I have the Castlevania Classic Collection and the Advanced Connect- Collection on Switch, and on PS4 I have the Requiem Collection and the Classic Collection. Does your love stop at the DS? Because the 3DS had um. Oh, uh, what was um, it called? It, it, it had a it had a Lords of Shadow spinoff. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I I I tried that once, but it is not a good video game. No, I uh, no. I uh, I only tried it. I didn't I didn't uh, commit to a full purchase or a full playthrough. Um, and uh, and there are the two Lords of Shadow games, which were uh, both PS3, I think, maybe also 360. And the, the first one is okay, like not amazing, but it's an okay 3D action game. I heard the second one's better, but I uh, I uh, I've only tr- I only played a little bit of that. I didn't get very far. You know, they feel kind of like they're following in the footsteps of uh, Curse of Darkness and you know the PS2 games more than anything. Really interesting. Yeah, just in in the way of like trying to be more about the action than the exploration and yeah uh, 
trying to make everything work in 3D, and they do a, a better job of it than anyone else has, but that's, again, it's a low bar to trip over. Well, and uh, Castlevania Lords of Shadow 2 fetches a pretty high price on eBay, 15 whole dollars. <laughs> Too rich so, for uh, my blood. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's pretty spicy, but we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll see if it's worth it. I mean, I think... I, I know I could check this right now, but I don't want to make a bunch of noise with a keyboard. Uh, I think they're on PC, are they not? Am I just making that up? Oh, I have no idea. For some reason, right. I thought they released at least one of them on something a little more recent, but I could be wrong. It, it sounds familiar. I don't know if it's the Mandela effect or not. But. <laughs> I guess it could be. All right. Well, whatever. We were looking stuff up before, so I, I have to know. I don't want to be like giving poor information to our podcast listeners <laughs> who are going to be like, it's not on PC. What are you talking no, about? No, you're, you're right. Um, uh, it did have a PC version that was released about three years later, uh, or at least, the, at least the first Lords of Shadow does. No, so, no they're, uh, both on, they're both on Steam. They're okay. both on Steam. Well, okay. I didn't make it up. Woo! Granted, they're $40, not $15 like the one you found. So I've got to think those prices get wrecked in Steam sales, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, but the, uh, uh, the, the 3DS game is Lords of Shadow Mirror Fate, and I only, I only tried that one. Um, yeah. But the... Uh, yeah, it's between $15 and $25 on most used markets. Lords of Shadow 2 is the one that I don't have. This is the one that I don't have, and I'm currently contemplating if I want to get it on eBay or not. Mm. This is a dangerous episode for you. It really is. Well, no, no, it, it isn't that dangerous uh, because I are, I own most of the Castlevania games, <laughs> in, in, including Curse of Darkness and uh, and the first Lords of Shadow. But uh, the, the the real dangerous thing was when we were, uh, I mean, when we when uh, we were playing Tales of Exilia for the podcast for Retro Encounter a little while ago, and I ended up going to a used game store and getting Tales of Exilia 2 for an exorbitant amount <laughs> like a week later. <laughs> but yeah, so being on these podcasts can be dangerous to your wallet, but I'm mostly okay for Castlevania because I own most of them. I'm, that's, you know, the that's my own Dracula's curse of being a fanboy. <laughs> <laughs> I do hope, I mean, now we've mentioned it, like, just before we move on, like, I would love them for to do a DS collection, too, because they did yes. a... What's in the first collection? Because there was one before the advanced collection. Is that just the older? Like, yeah. Is that one through four? There, there's the Castlevania Requiem collection, which is Rondo of Blood and Symphony of the Night. Oh, yeah. Then there one. is the Castlevania Classic collection, which is a bunch of the old school Castlevania games, most of the ones from the 80s and 90s, including the Game Boy ones, which is wild. But uh, mm. but it does not have it does not have either of the N64 ones, and it does not have the PSP remake of Rondo. Um, and then you have the Advance Collection, which is the three Game Boy Advance Castlevania uh, ones, but not not the Advance remake of Castlevania one, but the three Metroidvania Castlevanias, plus the Super Nintendo version of Rondo of Blood, which was just called Dracula X in North America. When and it's it's it, it's not a great port. Uh, I mean, Rondo of Blood is better than Dracula X, uh, but Dracula X is famously hard because the last couple boss fights are on multiple platforms, and if you get hit in the air, it's an instant kill. Um, and uh, and it has. Uh, SNES sound chip versions of Rondo of Blood tracks, which is not bad. It's, it's actually kind of interesting, like uh, having the sound reinterpreted that way. But So you can get almost every Castlevania game from those three collections, which are all on PS4, and all of them except Requiem are on Switch as well, uh, with the exceptions of the two 64 games and the DS games and Lords of Shadow 1 and 2 and the 3DS Lords of Shadow. But, but most of the Castlevania series is on those three PS4 collections. That's pretty impressive, honestly. Like, <laughs> most, so many of them are still accessible on yeah. like current systems, not even like a couple generations back. 
Yeah, Konami's very good about making their older catalog available. Like, they, they have a, a Contra collection that's uh, extremely thorough, and, uh, um, and, and arcade collections that have things like Centipede and the older Gradius games. Mm-hmm. Um, although though the PSP Gradius collection, I think, is still locked to the PSP, which is sad. Oh, but yeah. uh, but but they are, and they recently came out with a Kawabunga collection, which is all of their old Ninja Turtles games. Yeah, um, I want to get that. It, it, I've, I've heard it's good. But so like Konami is very good at making their older games accessible to uh, modern audiences, uh, especially. I mean, shoot, we're getting those Sweet and One and Two uh, collection next year. I could not uh, be happier about but, that. But <laughs> yeah, but they're not really in the business of making new games on their pr- pr- proprietary series. Yeah. <sighs> Long sigh from the Konami fan that's a little bit sad that there hasn't yeah. been a new Castlevania game in over a decade. They're good with the back catalog. Future one, not looking so bright. Hey, all I'm saying is just like give the Castlevania license to From Software and let them make a 3D Ugh. Castlevania that's kind of like Elden Ring, and then then people will lose their damn minds. That yeah, that would be something, huh? Yeah, but but I mean I I don't I think it's I don't know. I don't think it's that useful an exercise to just do wild speculation that won't happen on a podcast. But probably not, unless we did an episode about that. It's a, it's a little fun, yeah. It's a little fun, unless the episode is about speculate speculation and adaptation. Then I I don't know. We, maybe we can cut this out. But nah, but but, it, it, but it's true. A lot of the classic Castlevania catalog is available on modern systems. Honestly, the the thing that. I can't stop thinking about from everything you said there is I completely forgot there was more than one on the N64. Yeah. The the, the second one is called, uh, I think uh, legacy of darkness. Oh yeah. It's, it's a different main character than Castlevania 64, but they reuse some of the same spaces. Mm -hmm. It was uh, a, the main character is a werewolf. He's in Castlevania judgment. I forget his name. But wow. I, I I do not have a high opinion of the N64 <laughs> Castlevania games. Yeah, I'm, I'm guessing we're not going to see those on the Switch Online service. But then again, we might. Hey, if they want to do a true 3D Castlevania collection, like bring it 64, Legacy of Darkness, Lament of Innocence, and Curse of Darkness. That would be a real weird collection yeah. that, I would, that, that I would buy in 10 seconds. Well, maybe it'll happen. Hey, speaking of Lament of Innocence, do we want to talk about our, our last two songs today? Heck yeah, we do. Do we ever? Yes. All right. So several episodes back, I brought on one of my favorite Lament of Innocence tracks. So here is my next favorite, which is the Anti-Soul Mysteries Lab, which is like, I mean, even just the title of the song I adore because it's just, I don't even know what an anti-soul is, but I want to. So yeah, after that, and then Wes has, you have your other song today. I'm bringing along Ebony Wings, originally from Order of Ecclesia, but I'm actually bringing the Harmony of Despair version. So we get to talk about Harmony of Despair. Yeah, and I'm very glad you did. It's a a really interesting choice. So, (laughs) all right, let's go listen to the Anti-Soul Mysteries Lab and Ebony Wings.
So I said earlier that Anti-Soul Mysteries Lab is one of my, you know, two or three favorite songs from Lament of Innocence, because as forgettable as the game was for me, the soundtrack is definitely not. And and as opposed to the, the town and some other imagery I looked up for Curse of Darkness, I at least think the lab at least looks kind of cool. I mean, I don't re- have any fond memories of playing through it, but, uh, you know, that's okay. It's got some color at least. But for the song, like the the... the like relentless beat of this and those like those weird like vocals uh like that chattering vocal like that pops in here and there i just think is very strange and fascinating to me um i'm not sure if there's a technical term for those um it there's uh i don't know if anyone this is a little off topic but it's a square game but if anyone ever played einhander on ps1 uh that that soundtrack has a lot of that in like certain songs and i just think it's a an odd little thing to include. I, I remember seeing Einhander around, but I have not played it. Oh, I love that game. I don't know. I mean, I think it's been mostly forgotten compared to things like, you know, Darius, which like Darius continues to live on. But uh, I think a lot of people have forgotten Einhander, but I had a lot of fun with it. I, I sometimes mix up Einhander with Air Guys, even though I don't think they're the same <laughs> kind of game. Definitely not. One's a fighting no, not, game. Not exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One had one had cloud in it and one didn't. So the reason I was in, I I knew about Air Guys because one of my friends got it because Cloud and Tifa are in it. I mean that was smart of them. That was like good cross promotion. Maybe if Cloud was an Einhander, people would still remember it. Um, <laughs> but anyway, yes, an unrelated game with a similar thing going on in some of its songs, uh, but a good soundtrack. Uh, unfortunately, it does not have whips, and we're talking about whips and other weapons today. So, um, but besides the chatter, like the the this other like voice or like choir thing that comes in once in a while just to be like creepy and weird like there's just like all these interesting layers of sounds and music in this song that just keeps i don't know it just stays interesting all the way through so i think i just it's always really stuck with me it's just a really memorable song from this game um so yeah like the the other one uh my other favorite one is the lament of innocence main theme which like, of course, you can go on YouTube or whatever and listen to it. But if you also want to listen to it on our show, I would recommend listening to episode 76 of Rhythm Encounter because we brought on the uh, the Smash Brothers Ultimate arrangement of Lament of Innocence. So that was a very fun episode. There's a lot of good Castlevania arrangements in Super Smash Brothers Ultimate because in the, in the same... Uh, I mean, I mean the, the game has a playable Simon and Richter Belmont, but they also include music... Uh, either some original tracks and some remix tracks totaling I, I think in like around around 20 or so like there, there's a bunch of good Castlevania remixes and tracks in Super Smash Ultimate yeah there's a lot like I for a while I actually went through and listened to them for this episode because I thought about maybe doing this one and something from Smash before I landed on the Curse of Darkness song I also considered one specific song from from Smash Ultimate for this episode, but ultimately decided not to bring it on. Uh, it, it was from Smash uh, Ultimately decided not to. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. Uh, and and that the weird vocals you're talking about, like the really low chorus, it reminds me of the Winkies from the Wizard of Oz. The uh, do you remember the the, the, the green skinned soldiers that go oh, wee oh like that's. <laughs> yes, yeah, was yeah, not expecting that reference, but yes. Yeah, the, but that's that was what I thought of with the really weird uh, chorus in uh, in this song from Lament of Innocence, and, it, and it's it, it's weird. It, it is uh, Yamane trying to be a little bit. I mean, I mean, I mean, dance club is the wrong answer, but it's like like it, it's it's less 
gothic rock and more like just kind of uh i don't know like industrial yeah, sort of yeah like industrial rock i mean the, the the percussion and the and the i guess you would call it organ in it uh suggests that uh but it's yeah, it's more industrial and less classic Castlevania to me, but it is a cool song. Um, I did play through all of Lament of Innocence. It's one of the few Castlevania games that does not have Dracula as the final boss. Um, but uh, and uh, and Leon Belmont, I mentioned this earlier, is is the first Belmont in this version of the timeline. But I, I don't think it's like, as an action game from that era. I I, I think it's a little average. Um, Definitely, I was more interested in the in the Game Boy Advance and DS Castlevanias of the era. This song specifically, though, really does stand out to me as being an, an eerie song because it so weirdly mixes in. Like, you know, there is a little bit of dance to it. There is that industrial to it. There are the gothic pieces and the, the low singing and everything. And all of that meshes together to be kind of unsettling to listen to. Like, none of these things should belong together. Um so listening to it like you almost get anxious listening to it which feels like the intent well i didn't mean to make you feel anxious so i'm sorry oh i'm a i'm a wreck now (laughs) oh wow what have i done oh wow like i just killed the entire show with that even so i was also trying to find a segue to um me like turning you into a wreck from of anxiousness into ebony wings but i didn't (laughs) uh, i didn't have it so how do we transition this over yeah, you know it doesn't make me anxious. <laughs> What's that, Wes? Playing Castlevania with friends. Oh, I love Castlevania with friends. And honestly, to to understand the brilliance of the the this version of Ebony Wings, um, you kind of have to understand the game because I'm guessing a good number of um, of our listeners probably have not um, heard of or played Harmony of Despair. At least one of those two things. Um, because it's this crazy, like, six-player online multiplayer Castlevania game that's, you know, it's based on runs. You you go in um, with, you know, up to up to five other people, and you run through this still pretty large, but a very streamlined, action-focused version of, of a Dracula's Castle or something like that. Um, and the goal is to get to the boss, usually in the center, um, maybe always in the center. It's been a hot minute. But... That makes this a much more fast-paced version of Castlevania because you've got a bunch of people. Um, you're scrambling everywhere. You're you're trying to find the the correct path to to where you're going, and the whole time you're also scrambling for loot because loot is consistent across runs, and that's kind of the goal of the game. Um, so their whole soundtrack is made up of arrangements of other Castlevania songs arranged into like the the hardest rock they could possibly get out of the tunes that they had to kind of keep up that pace and and make it feel like um, it belongs in this game. And I think they do a really phenomenal job um, that you've got familiar melodies, uh, but they do really feel like they all fit into a cohesive whole. Um, And Ebony Wings is just, I don't know, it's one of the best songs in there. It's another Order of Ecclesia jam, um, and I absolutely adore it. Yeah, in Order of Ecclesia, Ebony Wings fits the sort of heavy uh, archetype where I think it plays in like the ramparts or like a specific wing of the castle. But it's a it's it's a it's a slightly crunchy Castlevania song. But then they re- like they ratchet up the crunch a lot in the uh, Harmony of Despair version, where it, it it's still it's high energy but just has more thump and more uh, electric guitar in it. Um, and I, I've played Harmony of Despair I think maybe twice. <laughs> it's interesting as a concept because like it it, uh, it doesn't only remix Castlevania music tracks uh, it's a bunch of classic Castlevania characters 
that whose level whose experience levels and loot are saved in between uh, runs or missions or whatever you want to call them. So it's it's basically sort of like a Castlevania endless grind uh, that mostly works, but wasn't hugely popular. I mean, the, the, uh, I think the fans were more excited about the music than about playing the game for the most part, especially since the grind was a little slow. Yeah, it was definitely one of those that was a lot more fun if one or two of the people you were playing with were friends. Um kind of keep the grind feeling a little bit less painful because you'd have someone to talk to because yeah it, it took you a long time to get someone strong <laughs> yeah i never played it i just i remember the reception at the time being sort of mixed um because you know obviously people would like a new castlevania and this was not really a, a classic one but no. conceptually it sounds really interesting and as long as like you said you have an actual friend to play with so i think you can still get it right yeah um it's up there on both Xbox and PlayStation right now. Um, okay. I think they're part of the free, um, you know, Game Pass and PlayStation Plus at some tier. Oh, um, even better. So it might have a little bit more. I think it came out around when the PS3 and PS4 were sort of, when the PS4 was pretty new. So I, I think you could get it on both systems, but maybe not the PS3 anymore. Uh, I, I have not looked into this in several years, so I, I could definitely be off on that. But it, um, I believe it is still around and functional. Yeah, it sounds interesting. Um, but again, like like you said, if nothing else, the music. Um, so, you know, we talked earlier about Portrait of Ruin and like the two slightly different versions of songs on some of those albums. So I did the same thing here where I was like, okay, I'll listen to this version of Ebony Wings and I listened to the other one and boy, what a difference. Um, like the original one is still, it's still a great song and it's fun. I like the melody. Um, but like the guitar and like just the arrangement in this one is just awesome. Like I wanted to listen to more of the soundtrack. Like I'm not sure how the other arrangements sound like compared to the original, but like they, they put some effort into this one. So it's just great. And I think it, it has the right energy and feel for, you know, this like more fast paced action oriented game. Uh, but let me tell you, um, one game I've played more than Harmony of Despair that also has some pretty amazing remixes of Castlevania tracks, but it is definitely not an RPG, <laughs> is the Wii fighting game Castlevania Judgment. I don't know how familiar you are with that I was wondering if that was going to come up. Oh, wow. Yeah, <laughs> I, I almost brought a Judgment remix into this episode, but ultimately decided, but Super Smash ultimately did not de- decided not to. <laughs> um but yeah, that game is a Castlevania fighting game with a truly heinous art style that I, it's not a good video game, but it has a bunch of awesome remixes of Castlevania tracks. Uh, Shinoa's theme in that game is a, a hard rock version of Empty Tome uh, uh, with, a, with a flute singing the lead uh, as the lead voice. And it's bad game, great soundtrack, worth the YouTube safari. Uh, uh, Harmony of Despair, better game than Judgment. It's definitely weird, also worth the YouTube safari. Uh, worth asking, since you brought up uh, the art, do you hate it due to the artist or due to the fit with Castlevania? Uh, I, the sheer weirdness of it. Like I, I don't know why they turned. Um, oh shoot! I think it was. I think it was. I think it was Trevor into like a uh, into like an S and M boy. Yeah. And, uh, and they uh, like just just it's like Sifa and Shinoa look really weird. Um, uh, it, it, it's it, I, it's the style doesn't bother me. It's just the very strange, unsettling interpretations of a lot of these characters. Like I, I I can't think of a single character that looks better in Judgment, except for maybe the weirdo from Castlevania sixty four Legacy of Darkness. 
And it's fascinating too, because Takeshi Obata is a beloved artist, like yeah, it's, most it's the well de- known it's the do- by the Death, Death Note, Note guy. Yeah, but it's such a weird fit because all of the designs were like, we're going to make this alt universe version of your favorite characters. It's a real weird one. Um, I do not recommend playing Castlevania Judgment, especially since uh, every character to see their real ending, you have to beat arcade mode twice, which is not how I would do it. Uh, but the. Uh, but but the the remixed music from Castlevania Judgment extremely worth it. Uh, it, it a lot of it's very heavy, uh, uh, sort of metal influenced, but it's uh, they're all really good. Uh, it's my favorite version of Mad Forest from Castlevania Three. I'm amazed how many Castlevania games I forgot existed that you have reminded me of tonight. <laughs> you forgot Castlevania Three, the one that introduces Alucard? <laughs> no, not that one. Not that one. Well, when they come when they come up with a Castlevania 3D collection that has 64 Legacy of Darkness, Lament of Innocence, and Curse of Darkness in it, um, you will be uncomfortably reminded of all four. I mean, I'm really hoping the DS collection comes before that does. If we get that before DS, there will be riots. <laughs> yeah, they can have it. That be the 3DS games plus Mirror Fate, just to <laughs> just to bring it up to an even uh, Mount Rushmore of four. Yeah, I mean that would fit. Unless they throw in Judgment as a bonus game, just to really mess with people. I, I mean, I mean, I, a DS collection is the is the logical next collection collection for Konami to do. Um, I, I've I've heard that it's uh, doing a DS port to other systems is a little challenging because there's no way to sort of fake uh, touchscreen integration, uh, other than removing and replacing it. Yeah, but. Uh, I, I think this was like from comments about the uh, the the mobile version of World Ends with You is where, is where I read that. But the uh, I would welcome a collection like that, but maybe it doesn't have to include Castlevania Judgment. Yeah, I think like the the touch and also the dual screen component like really throws people off. Like how do you how do you incorporate that? There was a recent uh, interview with some Team Asano people, the the group that does uh, uh, Bravely Default and um, and Octopath Traveler. And they mentioned about how, uh, like, like the unique challenges of what it would take for a modern port of Bravely Default. That seemed that also seemed to have them hinting at a possible port of it. <laughs> they, they were like saying it would be really hard to do this and this, but this is how we would do it in a way that made me wonder if they were going to do a, a Bravely Default port um, just to to Switch or PS5 or something. But the uh, there are unique challenges in porting DS and 3DS games, but I, I wish they would find out some way to do it so that more people can play Order of Ecclesia. Yeah, yeah, definitely. All right, well, I think that is both basically our show then. Uh, so this was a lot of fun. Um, I'm sure by now everyone listening has noticed that we like bumped our schedule around a little bit. Um, not technically so this could release on Halloween, but it worked out very well. So I, I'm happy that that worked out that way and to give credit where it's due that was Solosi's idea so thank you for that hey well i think this episode was one of my cards that i made on our ideas board like year like two or three years ago <laughs> so i'm i i am extremely chuffed that uh we finally got around to making an all castlevania episode it's uh i, I love castlevania as a series and i think that um it has a, a really unique and exciting uh collection of tunes around these games uh, and uh, and I'd very deliberately brought on two of the 3DS games to this episode because I, I think that the DS run of Castlevania is uh, like, like they were definitely popular in the time. But I think now now that it's been 15 years since or maybe 14 years since Order of Ecclesia, I think that they've become a little overlooked. And I 
I would love to bring as much shine as I possibly can to them. Yeah, I mean, I think you're right. So those are excellent choices. Uh, let's do some uh, outro stuff here. Um, so in a couple of weeks, it, this also worked out exceptionally well by adjusting our schedule. Uh, in a couple of weeks, we're doing an episode about Pokemon music, which is going to land right before Pokemon Scarlet and Violet come out. So again, kind of a coincidence, but I'm I'm happy with the timing there. So that'll be fun. And we have not announced what's happening after that yet, but we will do that in the next episode. So in the meantime, look forward to Pokemon in a couple weeks. So if you would like to send us feedback about the show or topic ideas or whatever you want to let us know, uh, you can email us at music at rpgfan.com. If you have feedback for me, I'm not sure what you would email me besides the show or besides show comments, but hey, you can reach me at mike at rpgfan.com. Um, Solosi, what's the best way for people to reach you? Uh, the best way to reach me is probably Twitter. I am at the Real Monsoon most of the time, at Evographer Dogs at other times, and an RPG fans Discord. I am Monsoon Mike. Cool. And how about you, Wes? Uh, Twitter's the best way at Wes Iliff. Clean and simple. So easy. So if you enjoyed this show, uh, we I definitely encourage you to check out RPG fans other podcasts. Every other Monday we have Random Encounter, which is generally. Uh, New stuff, news, reviews. Sometimes we talk about features on RPG Fan. So be sure to check that out. And as I always do when you're here, Solosi, I'm going to let you plug Retro Encounter. Uh, right. Uh, uh, Retro Encounter is another one of RPG Fan's podcasts. It is a, a weekly show released usually every Thursday. And uh, it's about all kinds of RPG topics. But uh, mostly it's uh, we pick a specific game every month and play uh that game and discuss it over two episodes uh, in october we did uh, a month of adventure games so we did four different episodes on four adventure games um secret of monkey island the wolf among us broken age and the quarry and coming up next month it, or, or uh, november which is you know only a day away or so if you're listening to this on time uh we're doing uh, three episodes on the mass effect trilogy so an episode of the mass effects one two and three and uh yeah uh listen to retro encounter we have episodes on castlevania aria of sorrow and two episodes on castlevania symphony of the night oh i guess that is a whole bunch of links that we'll include in the show notes for this one too so (laughs) sure yeah i mean why not i want people to listen to those i mean if you listen to this and or don't want more castlevania then like i don't know what to tell you but i i imagine a lot of people will so be sure to check those out and whatever else ends up in our show notes for this episode um, if you enjoyed the show, please review us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever it is you listen. We would appreciate the support. Uh, you know, tell your friends, tell your mom, tell your trick-or-treaters if you're listening to this, you know, on Halloween. Be like, hey, here is your Reese's Peanut Butter Cup. And also, have you heard Rhythm Encounter or Retro Encounter yet? I'm not sure if this is the guerrilla marketing plan that's going to work for us, but you know what? I'll take it. <laughs> so to fully close out our show, we have a bonus track today from one of you, and um, I still don't know what it is. So what are we closing with? Right. Well, I mean, I, I, maybe it's I made it very clear uh, how much of a Castlevania fanboy I am on this episode. So I, I picked a bonus track. Uh, all of the songs that we did are from modern Castlevania games from Symphony of the Night or later. Uh, but there are a couple um, like pillars of Castlevania music 
that uh that date back all the way to the nes like we, we talked about we mentioned a couple of them there's vampire killer and wicked child and uh the and beginning from castlevania 3 but i but and all of those have remixes in the later castlevania games that rpg fan does cover so i decided for the bonus track we're going to take one of those like original old school castlevania uh um, songs and i'll share with you my favorite cover of it uh, the song is Bloody Tears from Castlevania 2, secretly the first Castlevania nonlinear game because that's the one where Ca- Simon has to <laughs> run around town and talk to NPCs and and uh, and collect Dracula's body parts and solve the mystery. <laughs> but uh, uh, and the version of Bloody Tears was arranged by uh, Tetsuya Fuzuki, who is a guitarist for a band called Lark on Ciel, and uh, he teamed up with three other musicians named. Oh, where did I have this written down? Named Kaede, Jill, and Rayo, uh, who play uh, lead guitar, violin, and keyboard uh, for a really, really kick-ass <laughs> cover of Bloody Tears. Uh, so if you just look up um, Bloody Tears Castlevania, uh, Tetsuya Fuzuki on YouTube, you can find uh, the very cool music video of it. But uh, yes, please enjoy my favorite cover of the Castlevania Two classic, Bloody Tears. Well, that is a fantastic choice. Um, I can't wait to listen because I had not heard this myself either. So thanks for that. Um, And that's it. We're going to close out with Bloody Tears. Thanks for being here, both of you. And thank you, everyone, for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye.
I can I can I can put a picture of Hector the Booty Inspector in the chat. <laughs> I mean, his name is just Hector, but I I did say like if he ever sniffs if I first see him sniff someone's butt, it's, he's going to be Hector the Booty Inspector because that was a one of the guys on New Kids on the Block. There he is. Oh. How old is he? He's about uh, seven weeks. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so right around two months, maybe maybe a little bit less. But he is a little bitey. So he's uh, <laughs> just because, you know, he, he wants to sniff everything and then nibble on everything. Mm-hmm. But he's very playful and has a very sweet personality. I can't wait to get to know him better. Yeah, very cute. He is very cute. But he does the whole like I like whites of his eyes in the back of his head, giant mouth going ha kind of thing. <laughs> and uh, he has those tiny pup- puppy needle teeth that you never quite get used to. <laughs> yep. Uh, good old Hector the Booty Inspector. 